Shout Out is a registered charity and we work all across Ireland delivering workshops to young people. We deliver workshops in schools to teachers, to parents and guardians, youth workers and even workplaces because eventually you'll end up working there too and we want those to be inclusive spaces for you. For 10 years now, since 2012, we've been delivering workshops in secondary schools across the Ireland of Ireland to tackle LGBTQ plus bullying. And we've done over 2,000 student workshops over the past eight school years, speaking directly to over 60,000 students. In Shoutout, we use our on-the-ground experience of speaking with young people to inform all of our training modules, which we also deliver to teachers, parents, guardians, social workers, youth workers and in workplaces. If you believe in inclusion through education and you want to learn more, book a workshop for your school or for staff and you can learn more at www.shoutout.ie. Hi, you're listening to Shout Out Listen In. 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 In both our workshops and on this podcast, members of the LGBTQ community share their own personal stories, which can lead to open conversations about both the positive and the negative experiences of being LGBTQ. We are aware that these stories can be triggering for people at times. So please be gentle and cautious when listening and always reach out for help if you feel you need it. Hello and you're all very welcome to another episode of Shoutout's podcast series, Shoutout Listen In. My name is Lisa Nakamvrahev. I'm from the Shoutout Steering Committee. My pronouns are she, her, and I'll be hosting today's podcast. We are so delighted today to be joined by two amazing Dublin drag queens, Miss Taken and Miss Roots. And you can learn more about them on outwiththemisses.com in their own words. Pink glamour meets trash, intellect meets stupidity, or moe meets little wine. That's my favourite of all. And an equally flamboyant drag duo from Dublin, Miss Taken is high camp, high energy and high glam, but low budget, again in her own words. Miss Roots is high fashion, crafty and loves to pull a stunt. Miss Taken and Miss Roots bring their brilliant and gorgeous drag to the Bernard Shaw in Finsborough every Sunday for Drag Brunch. Their podcast is growing and growing in reach and it's called That's Gossip. You'll hear more about that shortly. And they've been working at festivals, parties and various events nationwide, including most recently Kaleidoscope and Edinburgh Fringe. And we are so delighted to have them here with us in the studio. Miss Take and Miss Roots, you're so welcome to Shout Out Listen In, a podcast okay. where we look at all things education, awareness, and I think drag is doing so much to educate, you know, really just being part of conversations that we're having about queer identities, about, you know, really difficult things, and we'll get into that later. But mm-hmm. first, I'd love to hear just a bit about you as people, as where you came from, what led you to drag, and whatever you'd like to share. Absolutely. Do you want to go first? I suppose I'll go first. Ah, yeah, why not? Um, thanks so much for having us, firstly. Um, a, a bit about me, I suppose. It's one of those kind of questions, like, where do you start as to, 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 to be the answer? Um, I have a theatre background, I suppose. Um, and when, this is something that a lot of people actually don't know, that when you're studying um, theatre, you are not allowed to take paid work or you're not allowed to take work essentially because it's you know it's a it's essentially a vocation but that's part of the discipline mm. um and during that time I kind of started going out on the scene I started going out seeing more um more different sides of performance that obviously when you're under 18 you're not going to see um 
And it kind of just lit up something in my brain that I was like, well, no one said anything about drag. Nobody said anything about, you know, nighttime, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so that's kind of where the idea to kind of get more into doing drag kind of came from. Sure. Um, but I've always kind of been a bit obsessed with drag without even realising it. Mm. Um, so I kind of always had a bit of an obsession with um, that type of thing, but I just didn't know what that type of thing was or what the name of it was. And you know? how it fit into your life and what exactly. you wanted to express to And I, I actually thought when I first saw a drag queen that that would not be something that I would like to do. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. I kind of thought that at first, um, but then it was kind of just through, I suppose, seeing different styles and just trying it, playing around with it, having a bit of fun. Because that's really like... I think queens now very much get into drag to have a job, to have a career mm-hmm. path, which, look, it's not impossible to do, but um, you kind of, you have to really just figure it out and kind of have a bit of fun with it first. Yeah. Um, that's definitely what I've done and I made many mistakes along the way. Amazing, yeah, as you should. And only the best things come from making those mistakes. It's so true, and the best lessons as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely do not have a theatre background. <laughs> just just to Not make sure we're drag. aware you know some people have to study and some people just have it you know what I mean mm-hmm. um so I only realized this of late that I have this thing that drives me whereas when I see someone does something that really interests me I want that. Now, I don't want them not to have it, mm. but I want that. And that awesome. literally started from when I was a kid, a young child and my brothers were in a band. And I was, so there's a bit of an age gap between my brothers. There's like 11 years and 14 years between us. Mm. Um, And they used to go out and do gigs and I was too young to go. And my mom and stuff used to go and I was like, what is, th- what is this thing? Does that, that come up on every podcast? Can I swear? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, there, there's definitely a name for a podcast in there called Can I Swear? Um, <laughs> everyone got to go to see their shows. And I just used to hear these stories of like, what were just like, it was like Sinead like it wasn't anything great um but I used to think it was like so so cool so when I was in um sixth year I I didn't know what I I wanted to do I thought I might have actually done hairdressing which is really scarlet um I think you should also say how you paid money to do hairdressing as well no I I paid money to um to go to makeup college and then dropped out after two weeks but that's not what this story is (laughs) um that's another trauma for another time um I went so you know the way you have to fill out like your uh, CAO or whatever and my guidance counselor um or the school not my personal one the school's guidance counselor (laughs) called me in and was like I know I say you haven't filled out your CAO application I was like yeah I'm not going to college and she was like okay well what are you going to do and I was like, I'm going to be a performer. And she was like, okay, what kind of performer? And I was like, I don't know, <laughs> like just something. So I knew I wanted a lot of attention on me. And I, but like, so I used to, when I was younger, I played piano and I used to sing. But because they were kind of like my first loves, the idea of someone being like, you're not that great at that absolutely killed me. So I like never actually put myself forward to do any, mm. like I always wanted to do like open mics and all the kind of stuff, never done that out of sheer terror. So when I found drag, kind of the same as what Miss Taken was saying, it was just kind of this thing. And I was like, sure, I'll give that a go. Cause I didn't really care in a way. And I didn't realize how much it resonated with so much of my life and my identity, but I didn't have that same fear of someone turning around and being like, you're shy at that because mm. I was shy at that. So, <laughs> so I was like, sure. Watch my nothing to lose. I nothing to lose. I only have things to gain. Yeah. Um, and here we are all these years later. 
Yeah. And, you know, recently you've been doing some really exciting stuff, if I can say, just as a follower, you've really like been going from strength to strength. You're taking part in all these festivals. And I listened to one of your recent podcasts and you were talking about going to Kaleidoscope, which a lot of people will know is quite a family oriented festival. And I found it so interesting that it was like, without thinking, you immediately went to the organizers and were sort of saying, okay, this is a family thing. This is mm-hmm. different to being in a corner at an electric picnic. Yeah. Are you prepared for what could happen here? Will you protect us if something happens here? And it's kind of sad to think that maybe even five years ago, that wouldn't have been a question on your minds. But no. so much, I'm sure none of our listeners need to be educated on the fact that there's so much negativity around drag in mm-hmm. parts of Ireland, in a lot of the mm-hmm. US, where yeah. it's illegal in certain states yeah. now. Like, it's crazy. Um. Could you talk to us a bit about that, about that experience mm-hmm. with Kaleidoscope, about how maybe your heckles are almost up because you have to protect yourself as queens yeah. in different spaces yeah. and why the family element of that and kids and drag story time and stuff like that, how that fits in. It's actually really interesting before we, we actually get into diving into that. We had a conversation maybe, I want to say six months, six to eight months ago, um, where some of these kind of things were happening and we actually, it was after we had a bit of an incident outside drag brunch that we do in the Bernard Shaw um, where we, there, was, there wasn't anything major. It was just kind of like we were getting into a taxi. There was this group of lads. They thought it'd be deadly to kind of try and jump in the taxi with us. Luckily enough, there were people that were at the show outside and they immediately came to our defense. Um, but we talked about that online just because it was the reality of what the conversation mm-hmm. was. But we actually had a conversation together afterwards, not immediately afterwards, but we were like, like, I hope this, not I hope, but like, we didn't really want it to then become that panty thing of uh, we were accidental activists. We yeah. were like, oh God, I hope like we don't like get garner a load of attention for this. That wasn't what we were trying to do. We were actually trying to tell people to be safe, but we almost didn't want to do any type of activism because we were like, to me, it wasn't, that's as, our, I don't know. That's it, our kind of trait though as well is to kind of, to kind of stay quiet on, on things like that and kind of just say, oh no, that's not our place to say it. But yeah. The, the main driver for us to actually speak out about it was simply the fact that if everyone stopped speaking yeah. out about it, these things yeah. wouldn't stop happening. It's a really difficult it's, line yeah, to traverse, yeah. isn't it? Because like that, and a lot of saying, I don't want to be this activist. I don't have the time for that. No, exactly. But then when something happens to you, yeah. As you say, if we all stay quiet, it's such a it's, it's, yeah. it's and you it's want a hard to make sure that everyone's voice is heard. And, and then you also you don't want to come across being like, oh poor me, because worse things happen to other people all the time. So you don't want to say what's happening to me is not as as bad as what's happening to someone else, or what's happening to me is worse than what's happening mm. to someone else. It's and very isn't very that hard. such an Irish thing that we like? So Irish. I can't yeah, even yeah. say that I've had a negative experience because people have worse. Yeah, it's yeah. Like that thing of like. But that's still your experience Literally, and still valid yeah. and you know and th- those small things do need to be called out they do need to be mm-hmm. um, quite literally shouted from the rooftops because it's if we just keep being vocal about it also it normalises the fact that these things are happening and hopefully then it'll give the official authorities some power to actually do something about it like we're seeing with hate crime legislation and that kind of yeah. stuff but um, more to your question um, on the, the like the, the festivals and that kind of stuff one thing which was really interesting that you said was five years ago, it may not have been something that we would have thought about, but also five years ago, the chances of drag queens being booked at this family festival mm-hmm. wouldn't have been a thing. Yeah. So yeah. it's come so full circle so fast that not only has it become um, popularized, but it's also become villainized mm-hmm. in certain parts of, of the With world as well. Comes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and like we, 
like I remember when we had that first initial um conversation with the production team for Kaleidoscope, like we were at our nine to five mm-hmm. and we said, right, we'll book a meeting room. We'll just go in and have it like real quick. And straight away we were like, first question, if you want this, do you know what this could potentially come with, mm-hmm. you know? And they were like, yeah, we do. And we spoke about it with like very senior people in the production team. And that's someone else's problem. That's that's on them. This is this needs to represent families in Ireland, and it does. Which, in fairness to Kaleidoscope, was not the answer we were expecting. We were expans- expecting them to be like, "What do you mean? Yeah. We taught you would just yeah. do a little drag show, and it would be a little bit of fun, and this, that, and the other." So, it's even telling the fact that they knew before they even like this was obviously a conversation that was had at a very high level even before contacting us yeah. or anyone else. Yeah. Um, and and the flip side of that, then when when it came to actually doing the festival. My apprehension was not that, oh, we're going to get booed off stage or anything like that. Mm. My apprehension was, is it going to be this thing of like, are they just trying too hard? Are they throwing everything in the kitchen sink to try and make um, inclusive happen? Mm. And mm. it was exactly the opposite because what happened was like we, a good few of our friends actually came with us. And then after um, our slot was done, we went out, we went on like the, the fun fair rides and all that kind of stuff. And we met so many people. But specifically what really stood out to us was so many young queer people mm-hmm. been like, I this I needed this. This was yeah. like, you know, yeah. and that like that's wild. That's not what I was expecting when, when we were getting into to doing that festival. What I more mm-hmm. so expected was the mammies and the grannies mm-hmm. to say that was a bit of fun. I thought it was yeah. gonna be a, oh my god, you look great. How'd you do your makeup? Can you do my makeup? Like that kind yeah. of yeah. drag queen but trope. It's funny because as queer people, we so often assume that everybody is straight. Right. Yeah. And then we come into spaces like that, and especially with young people, we know what the shout-out workshops, like we go into classrooms and think that we're asking kids all to be allies, but actually we meet so many queer kids yeah. who come out to us or who talk to us or whatever, or who actually take over the workshop which is wonderful when they do and like that you go into this space with these young people and you're probably seeing families with two moms or you know one dad or whatever it is and like that's the thing is like the next generations coming up like there's so much diversity Mm -hmm. and there's so much queerness and 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 it's it's very much normalized Mm -hmm. as well um and those those people are the ones that are almost responsible for that 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 kind of turning the tide on the hate that we're kind of seeing come in you know so there's a huge responsibility on them that we didn't really have no you know we're very very fortunate like the it kind of skipped a generation in the sense of like our big kind of um movement that we had was the same-sex marriage Mm -hmm. that was our big thing but it was like a a wealth of support from the whole country behind us except for us coming but you know what I mean um, don't start these terms. <laughs> check out their website for more <laughs> um, but you know like so it, it was it was a hard uh, yeah. it was hard to digest the negative but it wasn't as, as bad as it could have been no. we were very very privileged because mm. of the work that people before us done yeah. sure, you know sure yeah and the, the conversations about drag in particular now I find it so closely linked to the conversations about trans people in certain ways, obviously not in all ways that they're very different conversations, but the attacks against both seem to come from very similar places of mm-hmm, anyone mm-hmm. who breaks that binary of gender, of clothing, of makeup yeah, yeah. is is in the firing line at the moment. And this was, so we actually made a slight pledge. So we have our, our show every week on a Sunday and, and we 
pride just gone. We were in a lot of corporate spaces this year and we kind of from doing the podcast and having those more open conversations and kind of actually slightly accidentally leaning into more activism just based on response. Like I don't think either of us thought we were doing God's work kind of thing, but we more so were seeing that we were getting a positive response from our audience. So we leaned into it more because we wanted to speak about things that people don't Mm. find easy to speak about. Um, but we kind of made a pledge to ourselves um, earlier on in the year that we were going to do this speech, specifically just at brunch to begin with. And it's a, it was actually just based around women. It didn't actually start out as anything really to do with us. It, it was slightly linked to the fact that obviously drag it, was it, under the, fire. It, really, it kind of, the, what, what really highlighted to us was one day, it was kind of around Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And the entire, so we do two sittings for drag brunch mm-hmm. at the Bernard Shop. And the entire two sittings were full with just women. Mm-hmm. And we kind of were like, that's kind of mad. Like it, we really noticed that there was no, there was no men, there was no gay men. There was, there was mm-hmm. just all women. So daughters and their moms, that kind of stuff. Mm. And, and we should say the Bernard Shaw is now in Fibsborough, which is more like a local residential area yeah. Yeah. in Northside Dublin. Yeah, And it's kind of tucked away. Central or exactly, yeah. the George for drag, which is a queer space. Yeah, exactly. And, our, and that's, space, that's yeah. it. And the audience, like we've been doing it for over a year now and the audience that kind of comes here, we can see the common trends between mm-hmm. them. Um, and like what Miss Ruth is saying is that through line of the people that are in our audience are also under attack in a way yeah. that we are. Because to what you said about it being the line being blurred between it being against drag and against trans, ultimately it's against femininity. It's Absolutely. it's all just recycled misogyny mm-hmm. that's coming up again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And it's just anything that's pretty and has a bit of a glimmer and shows any level of hope that isn't the hope that people should kind of abide by within the binary. Mm they try to quash. And that's where we realized, that's where the pledge we made was to kind of highlight that every show that we do on. And then we ended up taking it into corporate spaces to have just a quick two or three minute talk to kind of talk about, listen, it's great that you're here having a great time and we absolutely love doing this for you and providing that safe space. But this is Mm -hmm. what's going on in the world. And we just, we more so don't want it, didn't want it to be a case that it seemed that we were going on as business as usual. So someone who was slightly less aware would be like, if they seen something online mm. saying, oh, but I was at a drag show two weeks ago and they didn't mention any of this. So they're obviously grand in Ireland. Well, we were like, absolutely. Mm. Like, although we may be better off than some other places, that's absolutely not the case. So we mm-hmm. were, again, it's that thing where we didn't want to be the martyrs of it because we're like, it's not really affecting us in the biggest way, mm. but we wanted to not affect us in the biggest way. So yeah. we need to mention it now before the, it the gets line, The line with that for us was, again, like, like we were saying about, you know, growing up, we had a very privileged position. Like, of course, we came up against adversity and all that kind of stuff. But for us, we're also white, very femme drag queens. Mm-hmm. So the stereotypical drag queen, mm-hmm. the mold of a drag queen, which is the most socially accepted and the most mm-hmm. internationally appreciated mm-hmm. form of drag. So Some people don't even know there are drag kings. Exactly. <laughs> and, but, which is wild. It, it is wild. But the, 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 the thing with that is we didn't want to be like on a pedestal being like, yeah, you know, everyone needs to just do better. And you have someone in the audience going, yeah, but what do you know about um, what I'm going through, sure, you know, sure. because we don't know what everyone mm. has gone through. No one does. Mm. But it's still, like I said, about calling it out. It's mm-hmm. calling it out all the time, reminding people why it's still important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably one of the more gratifying things, especially at the end of our shows, when someone says, I really like that you said that because that made me feel a certain way, you know. 
Um, and when they're bashing drag queens and trans women or trans people in general, like it's just a slippery slope. It, it may start with that. And then like we have the referendum that's going to be coming up this year that's redefining the age old archaic women's role in the house in Ireland. It's it's going to be as I don't want it to sound like really kind of like spooky and impending doom, but it, it's, it's going to be women soon that are under attack and mm-hmm. the exact same rhetoric is going to be thrown at all women. So we're, mm. again, we're not out here screaming the world's going to fall down, like the sky's going to fall, but it's more so just to, to highlight it in a queer space that when it, when unfortunately that does happen, it's kind of like, oh, actually that, that's right. And that isn't, it isn't mm. just women. This is, yeah. they, it is, the problem is femininity across the board. Like Yeah. And I, like, this is already happening. I talk to friends who are feminists or, you know, contacts who I have who are feminists, but are veering on that line of being turfs at the moment. And mm-hmm. I say, we are already as cisgender women being attacked because of this. Like there mm-hmm. are little girls in the US who are having their bodies checked before they're allowed on a team. There are little girls who have broader shoulders or have more testosterone in their body who are intersex, whatever it is, and they are being judged now. And so Mm -hmm. it's already started. And it's going to, it's a cycle. It's going to get worse. And the the, the target on drag queens, it's not, it's nothing to do with drag. It's nothing to do with that because drag has been around really forever. Yeah. Everyone has seen drag for years, whether you, whether you, like it or not, you've seen it and you've probably it's enjoyed some of it. Some earliest memories point. from yeah. TV, you know? exactly. Um, all it is is a mask because it's so popular at the moment. Is to we'll latch onto this with an agenda, mm-hmm. and you know, and that's the irony is that's what they are saying we're doing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what they're saying. They're pushing the agenda. All this kind of like I seen a retweet about something. Um, the I think it was the Labour Party in the in the UK. Um, basically funded kind of like a, a queer drag story hour kind of thing. And, and someone retweeted, I think it was like someone, I don't know if it was an MP or something, but someone retweeted it being like, um, they're forcing their extreme ideals with the taxpayer's <laughs> money. And it was like, that. that's just not true. No. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and how you, many people in Ireland are drag queens? How many people in Ireland are trans? How many people in Ireland are non-binary? Yeah. Like we're talking minorities here yeah and so making it out as though these are majorities who are trying to take over mm-hmm. and getting these benefits it's a complete and i'm telling you now if we were the majority with that much power you definitely know about it by now yeah. do you know what i, I mean know. it's like we're we're just not we're the minority within a minor- minority group. unfortunately the far right as you say yeah. is this history repeats itself they go for those minorities and, and who don't have the protection the yeah. scary thing about it is that people don't realize like when I, I think it's hard to quantify to people they're like what does it mean the drag is under attack realistically we can get out of drag and we can walk across the street mm-hmm. again we're both fairly f- feminine people so i don't think i can say that i can fly under the radar i don't by any means think i can do that um but we can take off the drag and we can live amongst everyone else and they won't know that but unfortunately mm. gender queer people can't do that trans women can't do that trans men mm. can't do that anyone who is living their life outside of the binary can't do that and that's really what this is about it's just it's using drag as a scapegoat it's a trojan horse to so let's throw this in and let's mm-hmm. yeah. hide the real actual agenda on their side of what it is which is attacking everyone else because people won't take it seriously because it's drag because we're basically just clowns and we're just entertainers and sure that's not going to matter that much yeah that's harmless because it's just Mm -hmm. a joke yeah Mm -hmm. but like one thing that um miss ruth said earlier on was that you know we've we brought the kind of um 
semi-activism into the corporate work that we do. That kind of led to one particular session um, in Overpride where a company got us in basically to talk about um, LGBTQ plus rights, essentially. So it was a very broad topic, mm-hmm. but I can't, we kind of got the, the undertone of what it was they were, they were wanted us in for. And it was mainly to talk about the attacks on drag and the attacks on trans people. That's essentially what it was, but they couldn't obviously put that in an email. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, it's still a good thing in a sense that mm-hmm. they're getting those kind of sessions in to have those spaces where people can talk about it, but we're not subject matter experts and that kind of stuff mm. what we do have mm. is a personal experience mm-hmm. um and in that in that session we were very honest about it we were like we don't have all the answers but we'll do our best um if you have a question you can ask but the one thing then when we say that in in those spaces where it is predominantly straight white men if you say that uh, if you call that out in a room of people and you say unless you are a straight white man you've at some point had to check your privilege mm-hmm. and you can feel the straight white men in the room getting a little bit uncomfortable. And that's the, that's probably one of the first times that they really feel what the minority groups are feeling all the time is that kind of everyone in the room is looking at me. Everyone thinks I'm acting mm-hmm. a certain way or I'm, I'm being a certain way. Um, and it actually turned out to be a really kind of useful tool to say, mm-hmm. you know, that's how it feels. Cause how can you, describe a feeling to some to someone who's never felt it before mm, absolutely do you think i uh, we've almost answered this already but i want to just put it out there very simply do you think that drag has the power to educate because you've talked about activism and becoming accidental mm-hmm. activists but what i hear a lot from you is education that you are educating people mm-hmm. do you think drag can educate i think so i like i think Drag is authentic and anything that's authentic can educate. So like neither of us are the type of drag queens that have any kind of character. Like we are who we are in drag, out of drag. We're probably just louder. And if we have a drink, we'll be a little bit drunker when we're in drag. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, but like we kind of just, we just speak our truth and whether we do, our truth is just linked to being drag queens. But I don't think our life would be that different if we weren't drag queens, because we just live a queer lifestyle. And yeah. I'm also very conscious that by us going out and just living our basic lives mm-hmm. of being an open queer couple, we automatically are under a microscope because we ha- were this quote unquote good example of a happy gay couple who are living this life, life, life together and all this kind of stuff. Um, so... I, I don't even think we mean to educate, but I think people look to us and gay people mm-hmm. and queer people in general as educators because they're just unaware. I kind of see it as a kind of the opposite. And this is something we talk a good bit about. Um, I have that kind of Irish thing where I'm like, who am I to tell anyone? You know, who am I to educate someone? I don't know. And like I even said it there in my answer, I don't have all the answers. Um, but what we have had, and th- this is what's made me a lot more comfortable with it is over the past two and a bit years specifically um what we have had is a lot of experience with talking to different people and they like people will be very honest with drag queens and sometimes they'll tell you their their deepest darkest secrets i've heard this like, yeah yeah it, it, and it, it comes out like word vomit it's almost like it's just this neutral not real person they can tell mm. and you hear some horror stories you hear some great stories you hear a mix of things and that's that makes up my own personal experience is the only way that I feel that I can in any way quote unquote educate someone. Um, but I, I, I see it more as subtle. I see it as more of like a, 
if you like like Miss Ruth said, if you can just live live and lead mm. by example or call it out, it might be just something yeah. small, you know, call out what it means to be an ally. Um or if you spot someone like in in like we said, we have like corporate work that we do nine to five. Um in, in our teams we've got very good um I suppose communication with our teams where we can kind of call out things that may make people feel a little bit uncomfortable just because we know that people feel that way you know yeah absolutely um and i couldn't um carry on this podcast for much longer without mentioning that's gossip and this is how i personally found you and our wonderful (laughs) shout out listen in producer editor everything extraordinaire ferg is in the room with us too who produces your podcast and works with you on that too can we talk about that's gossip and could you tell us a bit about the journey of it it's really i think exploded uh, Mm -hmm. more recently Mm -hmm. um it was always hilarious and it's been going quite a while yeah Um, and talk to us a bit about it and what what you're trying to do with that it might have some overlap with what we've talked Mm -hmm. about i guess yeah i suppose well I, I, what I'm getting from this interview is I'm letting a you bit say of, this first because I'm interested to say yeah. to see what way you broach it yeah because I, I think you'll know that I'm going to tell the truth I'm seeing this as some form of therapy because I'm obviously seeing a through line here for myself so at the start when we talk, talked about doing um, a podcast we're actually on the bus on the way up to Belfast to do a gig and we talked about it and we were you know we had the idea that we were him and hawing about it but I was always on the fence about it because I was like literally no one will want to hear anything we have to say because who are we what do we do we're not interested blah 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 blah. and I suppose I'm someone who would have a lot of imposter syndrome so I that definitely kind of would have shaped my view on it and then when it came to actually starting the podcast again I was very reserved about it but I was like you wanted it so much so I was like right we'll do it but on a limited series basis so the f- whole four season, the through line of that season is it's a limited series and mm-hmm. it's we're, it's not something we're doing all the time. Um, we really did enjoy it, but it was a lot of hard yeah. work um, because we, like we said, we have a full time job at the same time. Um, and it kind of spiraled a little bit because it kind of came from, I thought, I genuinely thought when we'd done the four season, we'd have like 10 listeners. That was cute. It's out there in the ether and it is what it is. Um but it spiraled to like our friends listening and then our friends, friends listening and then getting random messages about it to the point that when we did kind of end up taking a break from the podcast because we just couldn't keep up with editing, we were coming out of lockdown, all that kind of stuff. And people were like, where is this? Like, yeah, there hasn't been an episode in so long. Um, and even, it takes those moments to realise yeah, that, oh my God, there's people out there yeah. listening. Yeah, and even still, like... I. It, like between Ferg and, and Miss Roots, they're the ones that really look after the stats of the podcast. I, as far as I'm concerned, there's still only five listeners. <laughs> there is. <laughs> um, no, that's a very nice way of you saying that because that's just a very elegant way of um, mistaken saying she did want to do it to begin with. <laughs> and I was basically like, listen, you just, fight. I'll, I'll press yeah. record. You just have to speak and I'll do the rest. Yeah. Um, but I, I just started out as I, it, we started it during lockdown and I was like, we're not doing anything. And I kind of seen it. I was on board with it being the limited series because even though I wanted to do it, I wasn't like, I want to do it because it's going to be a massive success. I wanted to do it because it'd be fun. And I seen it as a, it was a way to utilize our time of doing nothing and having a body of work. Mm-hmm. And realistically, what we like most about drag um, 
is the hosting element of it. We both really like performing and we yeah. and we like doing everything else as well. But we both really, really love interacting with people and we love hosting shows. So I selfishly was like, well, the only way you're going to get to see us hosting a show is if you come see our show. So why don't we put out a podcast that will act as a backlog, back catalogue of this is how we interact together. This mm-hmm. this is who we are together. This is what our shtick is. Yeah. And that was um, the only way Miss Ruth was able to really sell me on doing it was that like <laughs> the business look, case. Yeah, it was the business case for the for the whole thing was look, it'll hopefully lead to people actually coming to see like our yeah. actual shows. Um, um but then from there, like we kind of just we pissed one thing, about a one thing of to note topics. as well on the, the, the podcast was when we were like, what do we do? Like why why us? Like there's loads of other podcasts. Mm. It but I was, think you should ask that with podcasts. We asked yeah, that absolutely. With the because it's okay to say that not everyone should have a podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. It is and absolutely far too okay. many people probably have podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Um, unless it's about like, a, unless it is a limited series and it's about like a certain topic of things, fine. Um, but for us back then, when we started the podcast, we would never on the mic have talked about any sort of um, activist related topics at all Jordan mm. because you'd, you'd be able to it's buzz called, kill that's gossip. literally and we have no, so like, many people in, in our shows yeah. we never would oh, have uh, yeah so the podcast became a vessel to be like well we could talk about probably serious things but yeah. our way yeah. that's why it's called that's gossip is so that it's it is serious stuff, but like we, we're not very serious. Yeah, people. like I won't I mean? lie. I toyed around the, uh, with the idea of like, do we just change the name of it because it's it people do like when we're talking to people who know about it but don't listen mm-hmm. to it. They're like, so what is it like a like an entertainment yeah. recap? And we're like, ah, uh, funnily enough, not at all actually. Yeah. Like, but it yeah. has nothing to do with it. <laughs> it accidentally yeah. is at the same time as well, yeah. depending on the on the week. Like, um, but it's it's just spiraled into it's it's been lovely. It's been a way for us to connect creatively with other queer people like you said literally ferg um when we seen ferg initially at queer crushes um we thought you were great ferg so when it came to us um you're wanting, great you're producing <laughs> well done when it came to us wanting to do it again but we were like listen feasibly we cannot put as much effort into it in terms mm. of the background bits of editing it ourselves. um we were delighted that we were able to kind of turn it into this queer collaboration mm-hmm. um and then i think even just like weirdly passively collaborating with Ferg um, kind of made us change our perspective of what the podcast was, that it was this kind of queer created content. Mm. Whereas when it was just us, again, Mm. the through line of this so far is we had that thing of like, Mm -hmm. sure, it's just us, who would care? But the second someone else was involved in it and it was a queer collaboration, it was, hold on, this is, this is something good. This is something that can, that, can mean something again i'm not saying that we were like oh god we're going to solve all the world's problems but we were like this is this is an outlet for queer people to to tell a, a, a story in a way of yeah. of reality that's exactly at the what it is because at the root of the podcast it is still us as a couple chatting about a topic and things that we've kind of gotten up to which sometimes can be very interesting and sometimes are very mundane um, we do have half an episode about Birkenstock, so like exactly, <laughs> you know, like we're. Um, I don't want anyone to think they're going to listen to this and have a come to Jesus moment. No. Like you might do, but you also might be like, "What is this?" But I think there's some nice come to Jesus moments just woven in there, and you didn't even plan them yourself. <laughs> but that, that's the, that's the nail on the head. So the 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 way I'm kept on board with the podcast is we don't rehearse anything. No, mm-hmm. so we know what the topic is going to be. But we don't talk about anything to do with the podcast beforehand. Um, we won't talk about like what our gossip is. Mm. Uh, we won't talk about that. We'll just press record. Mm-hmm. We have a bare bones idea of what we'll talk about. But the rest is what happens. Yeah. We should say Ferg, who's in the room. Everything 
for <laughs> touches turns to gold I think it's fair to say so mm-hmm. if anyone's looking for a really cool podcast producer watch this space because Absolutely. Ferg will be doing more and more yeah. of that and, and we couldn't really do agree. the podcast without Ferg because yeah. mm-hmm. Ferg is that gossip we're Absolutely. just the voices Absolutely <laughs> and we will say the same on shout out listening uh, Ferg does so much with us and as a shout out volunteer so we are delighted to have Ferg at all times Um, we're coming towards the end of our chat I'm so sorry to say I could talk to you both for hours Um, I have to ask you about the Edinburgh Fringe mm-hmm. like huge that yeah. you were at that right well maybe it's not because of the scale of your, your drag <laughs> and your, your fame now no, no it's a big deal no it was yeah. <laughs> do you know what Edinburgh Fringe was it was such an amazing experience and like we can't thank the team at Dragon Draw enough for bringing us and choosing us to go with them. Mm. Um, we had five sold out shows at the Edinburgh Fringe, which wow. for anyone who has been to the Edinburgh Fringe or knows of the Edinburgh Fringe, that's not easy. Massive. And the only one that was sold out before we went over was opening night. So we were like, okay, Grant, we'll have one sold out show yeah. and that'll be lovely. And won't that be nice? And then we'll do a tap and a dance to three people for the rest of the time. Yeah. And we were like, um, we'll live the real artist experience because there'll be no one in the room. Yeah. Um, but it, it turned out to not be that. But it, again, it's one of those things like the the queer arts community is very strong. Yeah. And that's the one thing that is very much in common between like you, you are kind of a bit of a leprechaun when you're Irish queer mm. in the arts and actually good at what you do, because that's what Dragon Draw are. And they the brand that they have mm-hmm. is just like people just know what it is and they want to go. Um, so it's always an amazing experience to do in Dublin, which and they do um Street Sixty Six and they do it in the Bernard Shaw. Um, every they actually month. had all of the shout out volunteers in for a special drag and draw for Anna Party, oh, which was amazing. Yeah. So we can highly recommend it. Too. Yeah, there you so go. special, there you go. so unique, and it's not if anyone is a, like maybe a little bit nervous about going to their first drag show or whatever. It's quite like it's very quiet, mellow, yeah, mellow, yeah, and it, it can be a nice little entry into drag. If you're not I have, I know we're wrapping up, but I have the cutest little story right that that just weaves into kind of what we were talking about before about the the power of drag that I was doing a drag and draw a couple of months ago at this stage um and there like the, it's a weird one to do obviously because you're not doing the drag show in the way that a typical drag show is so I love doing them but it's I don't expect to kind of garner a following in the same way that if someone comes to my show or our show because they're coming to see me do you know what I mean sure. um so this it was actually around Christmas right so um, I had done the show that was lovely. This person done a gorgeous graphic drawn of me, um, a graphic illustration, shared it with me. It was absolutely stunning. Um, we were doing a charity, like just a pop-up show in Stony oh. Batter um, later on that week. We went to done the show. It was lovely. Again, it was just a once-off pop-up appearance for a hospice or something of the sort. And the per- the, the girl who was at Dragon Draw, who done that illustration, is not from Ireland, was visiting Ireland, pushed out her flights mm-hmm. to come yeah. see us do this tiny little show. And it was a, a dinky, like, it was an outback pub. pub. Like, it yeah. was... Um, because that was their first time seeing a drag show at Drag and Draw. And they were just like, their mind was completely open to, to everything related to drag. Yeah. Um, I can say that it, I, I'm not trying to be like, it was me. It, um, <laughs> it was just a fact. It was, it was their first it, drag it show. It shows the power of drag. It shows the power of what, yeah. what can happen. Mm-hmm. And that's so cringe to say. And that's but what, it's true. Yeah. And we've had a lot of moments like that, which we're so, so lucky for. I know we're sitting here saying, oh yeah, we've done the Edinburgh Fringe and our podcast is lovely to send you other. But like, we're also... We have no airs and graces about ourselves in a sense of, like we said about Edinburgh Fringe, we were like, there's going to be five people there. Yeah. So when those little moments happened that I was like, this person 
pushed out their flights to like come mm. see us. Mm. Like what? What is that about? That's so yeah, that's bizarre. Crazy, like. Um, and we do get like through the podcast. Even we get like some people reaching out to us. We had, had a girl recently who was saying how like she is bi, but she lives a quote unquote heterosexual lifestyle because she has a boyfriend, so she doesn't feel safe in queer spaces. And by listening to the podcast, she kind of gets a slight glimmer into like gay um community. Mm. So like. You just, you never know. It's the know. same with Drag Brunch then. So yeah. when she comes to Drag Brunch, she's yeah. like, I know people look around the room, see me with my boyfriend and assume I'm straight. Yeah. But I know I'm not. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's I suppose, a testament to the safe space that's created at the, at the shot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it all ties into what we said earlier on about just literally living an authentic life. Mm. Like we don't expect any of that kind of stuff to happen. We basically no. just do drag because we enjoy, enjoy doing drag and it's gotten us great experiences. But by just, by doing that, you're enabling other people to see you for who you are and see the community for who they are. And it's powerful. Like drag is obviously very powerful, but just being your authentic self, regardless of what it is, is so, so powerful because you don't realize how many people you interact with and what way, what they take away from you just being you, regardless of what you are. Yeah. yeah. As and cheesy I, as that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> and I would counter like what you're saying there about like this small gig and that this person, you know, put off their flights. Like I go to all together now, I go to electric picnic, whatever, every year. And my biggest moment of the weekend, my girlfriend always slags me, is the pillow queens. And like the pillow queens are now so much bigger than yeah, this yeah. story used to make sense. Now they're yeah. so much yeah. bigger. But you know, like no matter who is there, like the pillow queens will be my number one. Yeah. Because like following them and their incredible journey as this small queer female Dublin band. You know, I think sometimes now because we have so much going on on podcasts and YouTube, it's not the way it used to be. It's not no. who no. Simon Cowell selects to be the famous people. No, it's, it's like who the people select. Will, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter how big or how famous you are. And I'd rather, and like this is, I know you're the same. Like I'd rather have a show with ten people where all ten people are having the best time ever than a show with thousand people where. 800 of them are like, no, nah, I could give or take yeah. this. Or you not know? there because you're quote unquote famous. Yeah, unquote, yeah. Like I've no either. desire for fame in that kind yeah, of way. Yeah, because we even joined Edinburgh Fringe, but we came back, we had our first brunch back last Sunday and to come back to, our, as as lovely as the Edinburgh Fringe um, audiences were, to come back to our audience was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like mm. it's just this cutest little, like I can't even put into words how nice it is mm. to mm. know that that's our audience and that's their, not, I don't want to be like, they're here for us, but like, they're supporting us and they're going out of their way to kind of help drag the way the world is at the moment. And just, even if they're just coming for a hen party, I, yeah. I appreciate it being in our company. <laughs> I came in to Bernard Shaw one afternoon after you had just left and I bumped into an old school friend and her review I thought was excellent. I think you'll enjoy it. She was like, it's great for the gays though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mm, I think it's mainly like, it's a lot of women, but like you say, we don't know if they're yeah. bi, if they're yeah, straight, yeah. if they're queer, but yeah. But it is. Yeah. It's great for the gays, yeah. I'm saying. Great for, great the, for the gays. Great day for the gays. <laughs> That's the platform. I'll stick on the website, I think. Yeah, I do. I'll well. send it to you. In a, in a um, it's very good. Uh, before we finish uh, anything you'd like to highlight anything that's coming up in the future that people can keep an eye on and would you give us those specific details of where you are when you mm -hmm. are when you do your show yes do you know we, we do have some exciting things coming yeah, up which right. we will announce on the podcast when it happens um that's not us being selfish and saying you don't get the scoop. But no, we, yeah. people we're need being, to go listen to your podcast. We're being those poncy people being like, we can't talk about it right yeah, now, yeah. but we might have something exciting <laughs> in the la in the in the works. Yeah. Timing is important. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this space. No, um, you can find me um on Instagram. I am mistaken. 
You can find me on Instagram at Miss Roots or OOTS. Not Ruth. I do get that a lot and it does give me a <laughs> chuckle. But then when people actually try and find Miss Ruth, it's someone different. So just so you know. Um, and you can find us both on our website, outwiththemisses.com. Um, and our podcast is That's Gossip. And we do Drag Brunch in the Bernard Shaw every Sunday from 1 to 3, 3 to 5. Yeah, and we're yeah. actually recording this episode as we speak in the podcast studio yeah. in the Bernard Shaw. So they won't let us leave. Have to go <laughs> you live here, right? We you tell me you have an apartment on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Take and Miss Roots, thank you so, so much for joining us on thank Shout you. Out Listening. And Thanks so much. Chatting to all of the people that we do on this podcast about education awareness, I have to say you stand out as two of the greatest educators oh. that I have spoken to on this podcast. And I think what you're doing is just so incredible. I think it's so great to see drag queens and drag kings sticking up for trans people. They don't have to. They don't have to put themselves out there. As you say, you could take off those wigs and you could forget about it. But we know as queer people that trans people can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, some gay people can't do that. Some lesbians can't do that too. Sometimes it's very, our identities are more obvious, quote unquote. Um, so thanks for everything and fair play on the solidarity and the hard work and the educating. Oh, that's <laughs> lovely. So much. Thanks, thanks very much. much. Thank you. Thanks so much to our amazing guests tonight, Miss Roots and Miss Taken. It was such a pleasure to sit down with them and get a bit deeper than I think we really expected ourselves. Thanks to all of you for joining for another episode of Shout Out Listen In. And if you enjoyed it, please be sure to give us a rating, subscribe or share with any friends who you think may enjoy the podcast. And don't forget that we'd love to get your ideas and suggestions for guests and themes for future episodes. Let us know what you think. You can get in touch on social media. You'll see us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook or drop us an email to team at shoutout.ie and remember if you'd like to learn more about shoutout the workshops that we do with schools teachers and workplaces or to book one of those workshops you can visit us on our website at shoutout.ie and we'll be back with you again soon for another episode of shoutout listen in thank you for tuning in to this episode of shoutout listen in And we hope that you will continue to join us on this new venture by tuning in to our upcoming episodes. Massive thank you to Elaine May for her uplifting music contribution, Tall Tales Podcasts for their support in producing this podcast, and a huge thank you to all the Shoutout volunteers, guests, and contributors who helped bring this podcast to all major podcast platforms, and who continue to inspire and educate in schools across the country. If you would like to request a workshop, donate, become a volunteer, or find out more information about Shoutout, head over to shoutout.ie. We would be so grateful if you could take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. It will help us bring you more episodes of Shoutout Listen In.